0: I'm great, Brady. Thanks for having me on. Great to be back in the 802 airwaves uh, (laughs) for the first time in a while. Obviously, a very exciting day today with the the America East Championship game tipping off shortly.
1: Rumor has it you're going to be in the building today. You're based in New York now with Barstool. Rumor has it I'll be seeing you in the flesh in a couple of hours.
0: That is a confirmed rumor. I decided I was watching the semifinal game. Uh, a few days ago, of course, beating Binghamton, in Vermont. And I was, I'm in a group chat with Ernie Duncan, Everett Duncan, and a couple of the managers that were there when I was there. They convinced me to come. It was a last minute decision. I said, screw it. I'm coming up. How many times do you got to do this, right? So go to the Americas Championship game. I guess Vermont, they've been spoiled. They get to do it a lot. But as a fan, I've never been to Patrick Jim as a fan. I'm very excited wow. for that, uh, let alone for the championship game. So it should be a lot of fun.
1: You know, it's hard to believe it's been so many years since you were here, and uh, the first year you were in Catamount Country, Cats got to the America East title game, won it, and uh, got to the tournament against Florida State. What do you remember about the America East Championship Day in your own experience and win over UMBC that year?
0: Yeah, the 11 a.m. tip-off still hasn't changed, and I think I woke up before my alarm. I probably woke up at like 6.30 or (laughs) 7.00. on championship Saturday, because there's so much adrenaline. There's so many nerves too, right? You're, you're with the team day in and day out for the entirety of the season. So you feel like a member of the team. I remember when the Catamounts lost, when I was with them, like it hit me hard. I'm like, I'm not a player or a coach, but like I had trouble sleeping. It wasn't fun when they lost. It was fun when they won. Um, so I remember I was very nervous. I, I, it was, it was crazy experience. And then of course they beat UMBC. I'll never forget the score sixty six forty nine. 66, 49, of course, yeah. that was a revenge game, too, because the year before, they lost at the Buzzer, and UMBC went to the tournament in 2018, and we know how that went. But, uh yeah, Championship Saturday at Patrickton was by far one of my favorite sports memories I've had to this day.
1: Yeah, that was crazy, too, because in all the years I've been here, Two years prior to that, the championship game against Albany was actually the best Americas championship game, the most competitive America East Championship game. That mm-hmm. game was in the balance with with 90 seconds to go. That but was the, the- undefeated um, season, right? Yes, they went 16-0 and in the league that year and then uh, went on to play Purdue in the NCAA tournament. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, Kurt Steidl tore his ACL right before halftime, which was a terrible blow to that team, which had a chance to pull the upset there. But that UMBC game that you called, there was an edge in the building that day because of what had happened the year before where Jairus Lyles hits the three over Trey Bell Haynes right at the buzzer. There was a, a distinct edge in Patrick Jim that year that you were there.
0: Vermont in 2019 was not losing that game. There was no shot they were losing that game after what had happened the year before. You could just sense it in the practices. You could sense it in the locker room. They were not letting UMBC come into Patrick Jim and cutting down the nets for two straight years. I think the best thing that happened to them last year was losing the previous year because it put a chip <laughs> on their shoulders unlike ev- anything I've ever seen before in a team.
1: And what's nuts is in that title game, Robin Duncan got five minutes of playing time in that championship game. And here he is now, four or five years later, and he's going to be one of the big pieces in this game. But still, Robin Duncan is the only link, I believe, and Derek O'Grady may be on the upside, from your time here uh, to now.
0: Uh, on that team, yes. Uh, Aaron Deloney, Nick Nick Fiorillo, they were freshmen. Oh, true. Freshmen. My second year, but in that 2019 championship team, yes, he is the lone player remaining, <laughs> Derrico O'Grady. I was actually texting with uh, former associate head coach Kyle Saplicki last night, and uh, we were talking about how it's Robin's last game at Patrick. And we were thinking, wow, this is the last game with the Duncan at Patrick. What, nine years, 10 years it's been? Yeah, it's what like a, a run for that family. <laughs> and the game I called the tournament game against FSU, all three were on the floor at the same time, which was so cool.
1: Jake Marsh, Barstool Sports with us here, the Pardon My Take podcast, the most successful sports podcast out there, former voice of UVM men's basketball. Here we are. I'm live upstairs, uh, just above Patrick Jim, getting ready for the game against UMass Lowell, the America East title game. That first year, you got to call a conference championship game, an NCAA tournament game against Florida State, and you got to go to Kansas, as I recall, for the first game the first real game of your UVM tenure. What was the the biggest memory of that first year in Catamount country?
0: I would say it's going to Lawrence, right? I, I get this awesome job right out of college and I pull up the Vermont schedule and I see game one or game two, Kansas game three or four Louisville on the road. So I'm That's like, right. Oh my God, this is, this is so cool that I'm getting to do all these games and these really cool spots. Uh, Vermont was hanging around in that game as they always do against these high major teams, but that was such a cool experience. And then year two, they finally broke through against the high major team. They beat St. John's in New York city, uh, got to play the, right. the then defending champions, Virginia. They were, they were, I think they lost by like six. Anthony lamb went off. That was game was close. Yeah. So it was really cool. And I thought they were going to win it all again. They had the championship set up against Hartford in 2020, but of course COVID hit. And that was the end of Myron in Burlington.
1: Yeah, that that stung too. And you have the rare distinction of uh, you know not having your broadcasting tenure here have ended on a loss. So you uh, you did get to end with an American semi win that year. Yeah. What a buzzkill! Obviously, you know COVID in general was, but just to lose the championship game, we still thought we were going to play it. And then we we're going to play it with no fans, and it was like everything mm-hmm. got canceled around us. That was a whirlwind week. It was awful, um, and.
0: <laughs> UMBC had always been such a pain in the butt to Vermont. So Vermont was coming off an emotional semifinal win against UMBC in that semifinal game. I remember, I remember Everett Duncan had the game of his life too. He was as hot as ever. Lamb was obviously Lamb. Uh, Daniel Giddens, the senior, he was he was in the mix. Uh, it was a really good team. It's a shame they got never got to play Hartford in that title game, but
1: that's how it went. It's funny. I remember I had a great interview with uh, Trey Bell Haynes pre-recorded that I was going to play on the Friday before the championship game. And it never got to run because the game was postponed and it was therefore irrelevant. But it was one of my favorite interviews I ever did and no one ever got to hear it.
0: It's a shame. COVID hit. (laughs) Everyone, Everyone got screwed, but it
1: is what it is. You know, we talk about UVM beating Binghamton in the semifinals. Were you here, The was it your year when Steph Smith went off and went for like almost 30 against Binghamton? And I think it was a semi too where his mom had braided his hair. That was the big story. Of the game yep. before where Steph Smith just went off. That was an awesome game.
0: That was my uh, first year with Vermont. That was the semifinals. And you know, it's interesting, the backstory behind that game. I think Steph Smith hit seven or eight threes in that game. Yes. Something along those lines. But the crazy thing was is, binghamton in that semi-final they were a seven seed they pulled off a colossal upset a few days prior against number two stony brook That's and right. that just flipped the entire bracket upside down because vermont got number eight maine and then the america east reseed so they went from number eight maine to number seven <laughs> binghamton in the semis so the bracket definitely fell in their favor i mean vermont was clearly the most talented team in the league that year too but I remember Binghamton was coming off the biggest win of their season, and then Steph Smith just put up a career night.
1: Well, very that was awesome, and uh, the. Program put on Instagram the other day, highlights of that game, which brought back good memories. Let's talk a little bit about you. You're done broadcasting UVM games, but you are over at Barstool now, and uh, you're working with Pardon My Take, which, again, is just a a great podcast, highly successful. But you're also calling games there. Barstool has gotten more into the broadcasting rights realm. You called college football, got a bowl game this year. Barstool did some college hoop stuff earlier this year. So you're still making waves on the airwaves uh, outside of podcasting at Barstool. Very cool.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we had the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl in December. Ohio beat Wyoming in overtime. That was awesome to be part of. We had the Barstool Sports Invitational at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. Was a doubleheader between UAB and Toledo, which I guess the time this is airing, we'll know if two of those teams are dancing. They're <laughs> definitely, if they make the dance, they'll be popular picks. Uh, and Mississippi State and Akron were in it too. have been doing some games on the side here with some schools locally in New York City, Manhattan, Iona. Uh, so, yeah, definitely still want to do the play-by-play stuff and trying to get as many reps in as possible.
1: It's amazing how much better UVM now is now than when they played Iona, by the way. Like, they got just rolled by Iona at Mohegan Sun earlier this year. UVM, I don't I mean, you certainly do pay attention. I don't know if you're watching every game like we are, but they were rough at the beginning of the year. No size, couldn't hit shots from the outside, trying to reintegrate Dylan Penn into the offense after his injury. They have come so far in the, the three months since we saw them play Iona, or four months, I guess, since back in November, they, they've they come a long way for sure.
0: Yeah, I remember watching in the early portion of the season that California road trip, and that was brutal. Uh, you get smoked by St. Mary's. The Fullerton game was a heartbreaker, double overtime, and then USC, they almost beat them too, and then that just trickled back down to the East Coast with Iona lose by 21, Yale lose by 29, and then they had that tournament tournament, Uh, In the Bahamas, they lost two games there, and you're like, what's going on? Two and seven? (laughs) But then they get on a little bit of a winning streak, uh, and then the Americans play. They reassert their dominance in that conference as they somehow, someway do every single year. Every year, people say, all right, this is the year Vermont falls off. And no matter what happens today in Patrick Jim, what a run in this league for this team and Coach Becker.
1: I saw him lose in December against uh Toledo at Patrick Jim. I gotta think that's like maybe one of only two home losses I feel like I can remember ever seeing at Patrick Jim. I saw him lose to u n c Greensboro one year. You might have been on the call yeah, that I'm year. Sure. I can't remember, but like that yeah. loss in Toledo are the only two home losses I can recall.
0: yeah, it doesn't happen often, and <laughs> uh, I'm sure. A lot of people are expecting Vermont to win this game today, but UMass Lowell is a very good team, much better squad than when they when I was involved in the America East. Pat Duquette's done a tremendous job turning around that program. Kind of yeah. a still newish team in D one, right? They joined, I think, in like twenty sixteen or something like that. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they're forty minutes away from cutting down the nets too is is awesome.
1: Well, we'll see what happens. The game time here is, uh, you know, an hour and a half or so from now, or two hours at this point, uh, Catamounts and UMass. Hey, you mentioned you're going to be sitting with the Duncan brothers. Get Ernie to answer my text so we can get him on here uh, in the next couple of minutes, all right?
0: I will put in a word. You have my (laughs) word that I will put in a word.
1: Jake Marsh, former UVM broadcaster, now big deal over at Barstool Sports, Pardon My Take Podcast. You can check him out. You can follow him on Twitter at PMT Sports Biz, biz with a Z. And uh, he's a good follow there, especially here around hoop season. Also, Jake, man, look forward to uh, seeing you in person here in a couple of hours. And uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Brady. Excited to be back in Burlington for this
0: big game. See if the cast can get it done once again.